Hey, do you know that you're a worshiper of God? Do you know that you're called to give glory to God? It doesn't matter if you play an instrument or not. Today, I want to give you three keys that help me grow in as a worshiper. Hey, great that you're listening to this message. My name is Manuel, and together with my wife, Abby, I moved back to Europe to start a Kaleo International base. We have a huge passion to see God move in power and transform lives. I'm excited to share this message with you today, and I hope it encourages you and builds you up. When I look at my Bible, I love to read the stories of David, and I love to see his heart of worship. I love how to see how, how God responds to when he's worshiping, and, and how he, in, in the Psalms, just is pouring out his heart to God. Let me give you one, one example of one of the verses I really love. It's in Psalm 27. It says, I've asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. <laughs> all of my life. It's amazing. Gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking Him in His temple. I will offer sacrifice in His tents with shout of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. My heart says this about you. Seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. Maybe if you've been following along, you, you notice that I, I, I cut out a few verses. But I wanted to emphasize on those three sections. I, I absolutely love how he says, hey, I want to be where you are every single day of my life. And I'm going to look, I'm going to gaze on your beauty. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lose track. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to look into your eyes and enjoy your beauty. Do you know that God uh, loves to share how beautiful and how good he is? He loves to share his goodness with you. I feel sometimes in church we're almost not sure. <laughs> we believe that he's good, but we're not certain if we can actually experience. David is so certain about this thing that he actually says, Hey, I want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord every day <laughs> that's amazing and then he says i'll sacrifice in his tent with shout of joy i love that david was a guy who who just he didn't seem to be embarrassed <laughs> he didn't seem to be embarrassed very quickly his heart was just hey i want to pour out all my love to the lord i'm gonna give it all and i don't care what people think i don't care if it looks stupid or not he, he really was a worshiper that wasn't just worshiping in a legalistic way, but he, is, he was creative and he was in love. When you're in love, you do whatever <laughs> and, and you're not embarrassed by it. You, you just enjoy doing it for the other person. And this is the description of what, what, what he says here. He says, I will offer sacrifices in his tents with shouts of joy. I will sing. I will make music to the Lord. My heart says this about you. Seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. I, I love his passion. He, he didn't seem to stop. Like worship wasn't just a season in his life. He, we, we read as a, as a little boy, he was, he was already worshiping. And, and, and he grew up and he kept worshiping. He really had an, a, a DNA of a worshiper. And, and I believe that's, that he was kind of a prototype. <laughs> we, we all can capture. We, we all can get the same DNA. We can have it. And we can become those worshippers. I, I don't know what background you have. I don't know what, what experiences you have of worship. And I know that in some, exp in, in some churches, worship has, has a bigger and a more important place. And in others, it's, it's a short 
section of a service in 15 minutes and you're through it um, and, and you just sing one song after the other. And and I'm not trying to, to evaluate the way churches do worship today. I, I literally just want you to create the DNA of a worshiper um, because I, I believe that in, in this time, that's one of the things. And, and he's always been doing this. He's always been looking for people who lift up his name, who give glory. For some reason, there, there's a really uh, funny development sometimes, I think. And people give their lives to Jesus and, and they walk into a church building. They, they find their group of people and, and they realize, hey man, something's going on here. And, and you can always kind of tell that when you look into a room, when, when you're leading worship. And, and it's easy to tell who are the new people that are not used to worship yet. And you give them a few weeks and after a few weeks... They, they seem to have understood, oh, okay, well, I, I guess as a Christian, so I'm, I'm going to sing songs and I'm going to sing about the goodness of God and, and what he's done and what he's about to do. Um, and, and that's what I'm doing. That's normal. And, and then you give them a few more weeks and, and they realize, oh, I lift my hand. <laughs> I stand up when I worship. And, and people grow into this thing and into worship. But some people really seem to capture it, to really get it. And, and for others... When you observe time, it seems to become more, I don't want to say religious in a judging way, but it becomes the thing you do. It doesn't seem to be as deeply grounded inside of them. And, and I believe that worship is not just a superficial thing. It's not just something we do. It's not just that there's one commandment somewhere in your Bible and says, hey, you shall lift your arm and you shall glorify the Lord. Um, that there is there's such a deep parted. And, and the deep part is this connection between who God is and who I am. So just want to have a, have a look at this. John 4.23 says, But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. I, I, I love this. Like we, we have the God of the universe. We have the God of the universe and he says, I, I want those people to worship me. I want them to find joy in my goodness. I want them to discover joy in the way that I operate, in the way that I love, in the way that I am. I want them to find joy in it and, and to, to give thanks for it and, and to give glory to me. Do you know that your job description in heaven will be worshiper? <laughs> See, when, when you look at the book of Revelation, when, when you look at what heaven's going to be like, um, such a big part in heaven, it, it, you're just going to be consumed by his presence. You're going to see him all day long. And I think the most natural response will only be worship. When, when we're in heaven, we're going to worship God 24-7. And so it's actually a privilege that we can already do it now because Heaven's going to be awesome. It's going to be such an amazing place. And he gives you an invitation and says, you know what? You can bring this to earth and, and you can already start now. And, and I love this because it's not this hard thing. It's not just a thing we do. And some people like it and others don't. Those who play an instrument enjoy it and the others, well, they follow along. It's, it's not about that. It's that you are created. It's, as I just said, John 4, 20, 23. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. Your job description is to worship the Father. Isaiah 62, 3-5 says, You'll be a glorious crown in the Lord's hand and a royal diadem in the palm of your God's hand. 
You will no longer be called deserted and your land will not be called desolate. Instead, we'll be called, instead you will be called my delight as in her and your land married. For the Lord delights in you and your land will be married. For as a young, as a young man marries a young woman, so your sons will marry you. And as a groom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. I, I absolutely love this. You will be called, my delight is in her. I can actually bring joy to him. See, he, he can actually delight himself in the way that I live, in the way that I work, in, in the way that I worship. If, if you catch this DNA, if you realize, hey, I am, I'm not just made to serve him here and there. I'm not just made to fulfill the things that he's, I'm actually made to bring joy to him. I'm actually made to worship him with everything that I am. Because the awesome thing when we capture this DNA is that you, you can have the, the worst day ever. You can have a day where everything's going wrong and you can finish your day. But if in your day you know that you've been worshiping God and that you've been um, lifting him up and you, you can finish your day knowing, hey, I've been bringing joy to him today. And, and if we're in love with Jesus, what could there be more beautiful than make him full of joy? What could be there? What could be better than than finishing your day and says, I, I had a, a, a bad day today. But my daddy is really happy now because I, I had half an hour, I had an hour, maybe maybe you've been doing it throughout the day, 10 hours. I don't, I don't know. But you finish your day and you say, he is happy because I was able to sing to him and just give glory. And I know how, how this fills his heart. See, the heart of God is, is pounding quickly. It's fully, uh, full of excitement when you start lifting your voice and say, God, I love you. I love the way you start singing about who he is. And what you feel towards him. That type of worship where it's about relationship. I want you to capture this DNA of a worshiper because of that. Because our lives, they can go up and down. And, and there's one call that you can steadily go with that will not get lost. You know how Paul sits in prison? Paul and Silas, they, they are captured. They sit in prison and they just start worshiping. Their day could not have been worse. Their day could not have been worse than ending up in prison. And they say, you know what? It doesn't matter. My identity is still the same. I am still the same person. And I am supposed to be a worshiper. I am a worshiper. I, I don't have an instrument with me in the prison. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to give glory and thanks to him. And I'm going to make sure that he is full of joy today. See, in, in a love relationship, in marriage, you always want to try to bring joy to the other person. It's not as much about the, the receiving part. You want to give. The other person is giving and all of a sudden there is an overflow. And, and, and it's natural that when you're in love with someone, you want to give and you want to make sure this person is happy. It might cost you. It might be expensive. It might be time demanding. But you want to make sure this person goes to bed with, with a happy heart. <laughs> hey, God is the same way. We have this beautiful love relationship and we have this privilege Every day to finish a day and say, hey, I'm going to make sure he's happy when I go to bed. Not in the sense of earning. I'm not talking. I'm going to make him happy so he finally has, has is, is a little bit glad with me. And, and he's finally has got some. I'm not, I'm not talking about earning it. I'm talking about being so in love and being so free that we can say, hey, I want to make sure he's happy. And, and you have the privilege. You can do this like David. And, and David was a lot further in his time than he 
than he probably realized at the time. And he discovered a new way of worshiping God. He said, hey, I'm going to sing songs to him. Whom do we sing songs for? We sing songs to people that we're in love with. Listen to the radio, man. It's full of love songs. And, and, and the, I, I believe what David tapped into is he, he realized, hey, I can, I can bring joy to my day. I can bring joy to God when I start singing out the good things he's done. He's about to do who he is, what he's like, how my heart is desiring for him, all those things. And he realized when, as soon as I lift my voice, when I start singing, he's actually super happy. That's what, what, what is it talking about in John when, when Jesus says, Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. You are this person. It doesn't matter if you sing good or not. You are a worshiper. Just tap into this thing. Go, go after it and grow as a worshiper of God. It's going to be amazing to see, first of all, the results of worship. Secondly, how you have a relationship with God. It's just going deeper and deeper because it's such a such a big and vital part of your relationship with Him. Hey, I want to give you some practical help. What could help you to grow in worship? It's so easy, especially when you're in an environment of, of worship, to be in a setting and to think worship. Uh, I, I guess it's about maybe I was standing up, lifting my hand, and, and mostly about singing a song. You've got lyrics on the screen, you follow along, and you think, yes, man, this is worship, that's it. And it is worship. The Bible tells us we, we shall be full of those songs and those hymns and giving him praise all day long. There's a second part it. And I want to I focus on the second area today. For me, the, when the time that I've been learning this, this other part to worship, this really where we connect with the heart of God, was, was in, in the times that I was traveling. And especially when I was traveling to places and I remember I was new in the place, so I didn't speak the language at all. And all of a sudden, I'd go to church or go to a worship set, and, and I'd be in that environment, and I could not follow the lyrics. <laughs> I could not sing those songs. And all of a sudden, I was stuck, and I, was, I realized, man, what I've been doing my whole life. You go somewhere, you see the, song, the lyrics coming up. Maybe you even know the song. You don't have to check the lyrics. Man, you sing out loud. There's nothing bad about singing out loud. You're supposed to do it. But God taught me something in those moments where I was simply not able to. And, and when we had a worship set for maybe an hour, an hour and a half, and I was just not able to sing not even one song. In those times, I feel like God taught me on how to really connect with His heart. Why is it so necessary to connect with the heart of God? Why is it so important to go after this thing? Like I said earlier in, like I said earlier in Psalm 22, when, when he says, hey, I want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. There's something in worship, and, and, and sometimes it's so easy to forget about this part, to gaze upon his beauty. This can be the result of worship. Sometimes we have a, a great worship set, and after a while you just feel like, oh, I'm just like, I'm looking him into his eyes right now, and you're enjoying this moment, you're enjoying his presence. I believe this gazing into his eyes can also be the start of your worship. And that's what I feel God taught me in those seasons where I wasn't able to sing along with the other people. Why is that? Let's have a look at Revelation 4.8. It says, Each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were covered with eyes around and inside. Day and night, they would never stop saying, Holy, holy, Lord. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God, the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. It's a description of the throne room. It's a description of how worship is taking place there. 
And I think if we want to have a good idea of how to do worship here, we should probably look at how it goes in heaven. And we have a clear description here. There's, there's those creatures covered in ice and they're singing holy, holy, holy all day long, day and night. I, I, I think it's a funny description. They have ice all around them. With, with ice all around them and inside. And what, what is in heaven? In heaven, the, there's only the presence of God. There's only his glory. It's, it's, it's so present. You can't take in anything else than that. And those creatures, they're filled with ice all around and inside. And all they can see, and not just with two, but even more ice, they can take in the glory and the beauty and the goodness of God. And their only response, the only thing they can do is say, holy, holy, holy. They can only sing out and give glory to God because that's who he is. The only response to his glory, to his presence is that we fall on our knees and we start worshiping. We see this a lot of times in the Old Testament when it says that his, his glory came heavily upon a place. It says that the people started worshiping. They fell on their knees and they started lifting up God. And that's what's happening in, in heaven. See, this verse doesn't say that God put a battery in that, in that creature and say, hey, you better going to sing holy, holy, holy. And, and you better going to do it day and night. That's not the design of this creature. The design is to respond to what is taken in, what's, what's, what is seeing. When we take in the beauty and the goodness of God, the only response possible is, wow, I'm going to worship him. He is so amazing. David said it. To dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord, and I will seek him in the temple. I believe if we learn this part, if we learn this part of revelation, of, of seeing, of, of looking him into the eyes, of, of seeing and experiencing his goodness and beauty, you will naturally Become a worshiper that goes even deeper. Hey, if you've been desiring for your worship times at home. See, I'm, I'm not just talking about the worship times when you go to church. I'm talking about your worship times at home when you're alone. You, you are a worshiper. Your life is supposed to be worshipped, to lift up God, to give Him glory. And so every second you have the possibility to, to be this worshiper. And, and, and in the times that I was worshiping in, in, in places where I wouldn't understand the songs, I learned this one thing. And it is, hey, I'm, I'm just going to take a moment and say, and, and I start realizing where God is right now in this moment, where he's, where he's moving, what he's doing. And, and I start realizing those things that he is. See, I, I'd be in the setting and I'd just start praying internally. And all of a sudden, different revelations would hit me. It's like, Oh, the Bible had said this about him and, and the Bible said this about his character and this about his heart and, and this is how much he loves us and this and, and all of a sudden because I I started to be silent, I didn't just start my worship setting being active from the first second. I actually had a chance to just take in revelation. Whoa, one after the other. Revelation hitting me and hitting me. And the natural response of that was, Wow, Jesus, you're amazing. And as I said, I didn't need the song, so I'd, I'd just sing in my own language. Uh, I'd sing out in, in English or in German, and, and I'd just give thanks to, to who he is. And I didn't care what people were, that they were all singing different songs. But this revelation that entered my heart about who he is was so strong that I just had to worship. 
And I realized, hey, if, if I want to grow in my worship, uh, it, it's as I don't want to. I want you to be. I want to be careful here. I, I'm not saying it's wrong that you sing a song. Songs are there to be sang. We're supposed to do this, but I, I want to be careful that our worship sets are not just sets where we sing ten songs, and we not once in this time have been gazing upon the beauty of the Lord. See, if this part of gazing, gazing on his beauty and, and seeing his goodness, if this part in worship sets is missing, if this part in your personal prayer time and your personal worship time is missing, you're actually missing out on the key piece that's going to en 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 enable you to go even deeper in worship, to, to become even more expressive. I want to just encourage you, go after this part of Revelation. When you start a worship set, maybe it's when you go to church, maybe take the first few moments and just say, Hey God, well, I want to see more of you today. I want to see more of how good you are. And just wait till a revelation hits you and you'll see how this enables you to worship. I love in between my worship times. My, my, my worship times are not always super structured. And, and there's a reason for that because in between the songs, in between moments, I want to feel out and I want to see God. Do you have a new revelation? Do you want to show? Is there this moment that David is talking about? Is there a moment for me right now to gaze upon your beauty? And if there is, I don't want to rush to the next song just for the sake of it. Then I want to stay and I want to look at his goodness for, for as long as, as, this moment, as this moment goes. And then you'll feel he's leading you into a new, into new phase, into a new song maybe. I said at the beginning, this session is not just for worship leaders. I really be believe that there's something um, that every worshiper can do this. And it's such amazing places of worship when it's not just the worship leader doing what I've just been describing, but actually every single person in the room. I love leading worship when, when I can look around the room and actually I can see people are doing complete different stuff. But as they're doing those things, they're actually following Holy Spirit. See, so he's saying he wants you to worship in spirit and in truth. The Spirit's going to lead you and give you revelation and you can follow Him along. And the best way to practice this is, is probably even not in, in a public place. Just do it at home. Just when you put on some worship music and, and sing along, but also have those moments where you just say, God, hmm, where are you? What, where are you moving? What are you doing? What are you showing me right now? Go after this revelation part and you'll see how it just it will pull you deep into this, into this deep part of worship where where you, where you cannot respond in any other way than just lay down your life for him. Second. Samuel 6, 14, 23. David was dancing with all his might before the Lord, wearing a lion and effort. He and the whole house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of the ram's horn. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter, Michelle, looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. <laughs> That's encouraging, huh? <laughs> hey, sometimes we can, we can worship. <laughs> and it, it, you see always the bold people. There's, there's always a few bold people that... Even when it's not the setting or nobody else is doing it, so they just go to the front, they start dancing. <laughs> there is something about us stepping into freedom. See, our, our culture or sometimes even our church culture doesn't naturally allow us 
to to dance like well I, I'm not saying we shall all take a close off <laughs> in in church that's not what I mean at all but but there's something about dancing in freedom and and just worshiping in freedom I I'm I'm talking about this thing where where it doesn't matter what somebody else is thinking it doesn't matter what what the what the people around you might might look at you and think I've learned over the years to step into this freedom where it does not matter what people say or think that people around you. And I literally, I'm in the audience of one. I'm just being in front of God. And I want to encourage you to this. I want to encourage you, go after revelation and also develop a freedom inside of you. Very often this decision is taken unconsciously. Unconsciously, we just adopt to the culture that everybody else has around us. So if they stand up, well, I stand up. If they lift their arm, I, oh, after a while I might lift my arm. If, if they all are sitting, well, I might sit. And, and it's very natural when we're in a big setting to just adopt to everybody else. That's not what David did. He did actually what, what, <laughs> what Saul's daughter completely despised. She's like, what is he doing? And, and he didn't care. He just said, hey, I'm going to do this. It's going to bring joy to my daddy. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to develop a freedom. Maybe it's dancing. See, I, the funniest moments is when I'm in worship and there's actually many people in the room and I feel like I need to start dancing now because I am really not a dancer. <laughs> and I know that when people look at me, it probably doesn't even look like dancing, <laughs> but it's me trying. But every time I do this, it's like walls around my heart are breaking down and, and there's this this room opening up where I can just take in how good he is. And, and again, I, I believe developing a freedom in, in when, when you're dancing, when you're just being in front of God, where you forget about the other people, it actually opens up a space for you to go even deeper. So I hope this encourages you. <laughs> Those three things that I want to share with you. First of all, you are a worshiper. It doesn't matter if you play an instrument or not. You're called to bring glory to God, to just sing over His glory, sing about who He is. Secondly, I just want you to to be full of revelation. I I want you to worship, and whilst worship, not to forget to stare into His eyes, to take in His beauty, take in His goodness, because it's going to take you deeper. And as you experience this, start developing a freedom. It doesn't matter what the people around you think. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this message. If so, then just share it with one friend. If you want to receive more teachings, just hit the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us as Kaleo Madrid. That's K-A-L-E-O Madrid. You'd like to learn more? Our heart is to equip and build up believers everywhere we go. We would love to work with your church and see believers grow in their identity as sons and daughters and to live a laid down life to see the kingdom manifest in their lives. So please get in touch with us if you want to learn more. And we would love to hear from you.